0: And I'm Amber, and welcome to Granny's Gone Wild Week, and not in the way you're probably thinking. No, there will not be. There is plenty of saggy titties. <laughs> Your people today, I just have to say, look like mm, if Laverne and Shirley had made some real bad choices oh my in gosh, life, right? My my two are oh my gosh, they're quite a pair. I can't even believe that you found two grannies. I my know. one is bad enough, but I found two, two, and we do want to say. That the whole inspiration uh, behind our Granny's Gone Wild week is the passing of our beloved Betty White.
1: I'm still grieving. I I love her so much. There's
0: not one single person that says anything bad about that woman for a reason. So rest in peace, Betty. You lived such a glorious life and... I'm so glad we got to be a small part of it by watching you be oh amazing. Gosh. Golden Girls will forever be one of the best mm-hmm. shows for sure of all times. It's one of it's binge worthy. It really is. always will be. So that was our inspo for this week, everyone. I in, think Betty would in appreciate a real these. Twisted way, Yes. Granny's gone wild. I think she
1: would appreciate mm-hmm. Granny's Gone Wild. I really do. In her
0: honor, yeah. Yeah, but we'd like for to sure. Think so. so, what do you are have you, for us? Are today? you ready for me? I want the Granny duo that has gone wrong. So, and it has gone so <laughs> wrong. I this, can't wait to show everybody the picture. Oh my gosh. The, when you sent me the picture, I was like, holy hell, this can't be real. I will say
1: the one, so the one mugshot isn't so bad. Yeah, the one chick isn't. Yes, but the other one, it looks like the devil is mm-hmm. residing in mm-hmm. her soul.
0: You know, on Men in Black, the Edgar suit? Yeah, yeah. She kind of looked, what's her name? Olga, oh Jesus, that is perfect! <laughs> right. Are you kidding me? I wish I can't make this up. Oh I can't. my God, she's she is. First of all, she's what Olga looks like as a <laughs> name. Like really, if
1: Olga, like if Olga was like uh, the name was actually like a, a person, person,
0: yeah, it would just be it her. Is. That's her. Yes. Wow, you're so, wow, you're right. Okay, I was going to say that it looks like, you know, an alien wearing an Olga suit, but it just looks like an Olga. Okay, no offense if your name is Olga. I bet you're a delightful person, No, she is not. This one's not. not. And she's unfortunately
1: aging. You know, I have to say, doing this case, it kind of shook me up a little bit because I've always viewed senior citizens as like the backbone of our society, They have the morals and the values like, you know, grandma. Let's hear grandma's stories about back in the day and they're wholesome.
0: Yeah. My
1: world is shattered. It's
0: ruined for me, too. Like these women
1: are horrible. (laughs) They're truly evil. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Even evil grows old. Yes, it does. And it apparently
1: just gets worse because these two, they are something. And so these murders are actually, they're known as the Black Widow murders, if you've heard of
0: those. Well, shit's sake, Amber, my chick's called the Black Widow, too. No way. Yeah. You know
1: what? Funny you say that because when I was looking into them, I did come across, like, several of my searches. Like, I tried different searches to pull up whatever I can. Right. And so I did pull up, like, something about the Black Widow Killer. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's not her. But
0: interesting, like, random. There's another person. So that was yours. That's Thursday. Tune in on Thursday. She's also known as the Giggling Granny.
1: No, this one, I'd watched something where they're kind of talking about like it's not as relevant other than the deception of being someone that you're very much not. And yeah. so and so I'll kind of at the end explain where the Black Widow part comes okay. in. But okay. it's I, I heard some criticism of like, eh, that's not the name doesn't they didn't really, really nail fit. it.
0: Okay. But I mean mine nailed it. Okay, so okay. It, yeah, it'll fit it'll fit a lot more
1: for mine. So I will tell you, the women I'm going to tell you about today, their names are Helen Golay. Golay. Who, Helen Golay. Golay. Okay. She was 78 at the time that these crimes Stop took place. Stop it. I know. And my other, the other woman is Olga Ratterschmidt, well, who is 75. Is. She was 75 at the time.
0: Olga Raderschmidt? Ratterschmidt.
1: Ratter-Schmidt. <laughs> like it. It almost sounds like we know like what we're, we're almost. getting better at this. Hey.
0: Um, shout out to our listener Jason. He's an Aussie. Yes. And he let us know that on our Lenny the loon case, we almost pronounced every single city correctly. And it is Poon. Yes. Gosh, why can or I only remember it? that? Lapoon. Lapoon, yes. Is it Lapoon? So. Yes. We were putting
1: the right emphasis on Poon anyway. Yeah. And and thank you to Jason because he always has such kind words for us in our podcast. And he we does. appreciate amazing. him. Yep. And
0: yeah, and I don't mean to get off from base, but I wanted to throw this in here too as a follow up to our murder of Kermit Fitzpatrick case. My husband's cousin did message me and let me know his grandmother is still alive at ninety one. That's amazing. Remember, we were like trying yeah. to figure that out because it wasn't the grandma that he shares with my husband. Yeah. It's his other grandma. She's still alive, ninety one. Messaged him the other day. Wanted to know when he was coming over to Cutwood. Oh, good.
1: So, that makes me happy to hear. Me too.
0: Okay, now right. we are all caught up on all of our yes, past our cases. Events. Yep, there we go. So back to Helen and Olga. Helen and Olga. I love this. It's
1: hard for me because I, so if I slip up, in my brain I want to say Helga and Olga. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know I, what? I Me too. As I was typing this in my brain, oh my I kept God, saying I
0: Helga and Olga. I'm like, no, it's Helen. So, and so it Helen. is. They're bad people. We really don't give a shit what their names are. You're right. Helga and Olga it is. Yep. So, like I
1: said, 78, almost 80 years old at the time that they get busted. And 75, uh, Olga was 75. We're
0: well into our 70s. And maybe you'll get to this, but I feel like it's relevant right now. This their first dabbling with the unsavory. Yes. Okay. Um
1: so what we will get into is that they didn't really have like these criminal histories at all. Interesting. Um so when they start doing these things like this is their first entry into the
0: criminal underworld. The criminal,
1: yes, the murderous, you know, the murderous
0: community the as we would call of it, society. Yeah, so
1: like they lived my understanding is pretty decent lives up until this. I don't know what they did otherwise because the problem that I had, not a lot of information on them. So I'm not going to be hmm. giving you like a detailed biography of okay. them. What I'm going to do, though, is we're going to start at the crime scene because that's mm-hmm. where everything unfolds. Unraveled. So I'm going to take you to that day first. Okay. Um, so we're going to L.A., California. That'd be great. Let's and go. I know well, honestly, I'm apprehensive after all of the things that we've heard about California true that's true the fruits and nuts <laughs> no we still we still love California, but um, so this is this takes place june twenty second of two thousand
0: five Wow, and yeah, not all of like I was like well, uh it's really not, but I perpetually think that it's like two thousand and eight. Same. So, okay. I guess that was a Same. little bit ago. Damn it. So, traffic detective Nelson
1: Hernandez gets a call for what looks like a hit and run around the upscale neighborhood of Westwood. Mm. So, when he arrives, he's he discovers that there's a middle-aged man lying face up in the alley. There's like a back deserted alley dark area and i will tell you i saw shots of the crime scene like this was not just him lying face up i mean this poor man like his torso like i mean his torso's face up his legs are twisted Ew. i mean it was it was pretty brutal okay yeah so it's not just like a very like peaceful thing they're coming up on right his chest and his skull were crushed indicated that he had been completely run over okay while he was lying down yeah Ew. So what the detective also sees there's a bicycle lying close by, and the front wheel is off of the bike, as though he had been working on the bike or like fixing the tire, repairing it while he when he got hit. Basically. Okay, so the
0: wheel didn't come off as a result of being hit on his bike. No, okay, it had
1: already been off of the bike. Gaia, From what they could tell. Yeah. Now. The investigator did see some things that were suspicious right off the bat when he came up on the crime scene. The tire that was off of the bike on further investigation, it was completely fine. So there was it was full of air already. There was nothing wrong with it. And so it was not, I mean, impossible, but an unusual situation. Like, why is this tire off the bike? Why
0: would he have been working on the bike right. when there's seemingly nothing wrong with it? Right.
1: Okay. The other thing is that the man had a helmet. And he had taken the helmet off and placed it, like, on top of the tire that was removed. So, again, they're just like, this is kind of weird. Why would he take his helmet off and put it on this tire he was repairing? Right. Like, what? Why is he putting it in his own way? Exactly. Like, what was he doing? It Mm -hmm. was just kind of unusual. That is weird. And and the other part is that, so the alley was very dark and just, you know, uh, several feet ahead, we'll say, like, 50 feet ahead, there was a well-lit area, like, the main road. Area. Oh. So it was just an odd situation. I was like, why are you repairing your bike
0: in, in the a dark? dark alley
1: <laughs> with your helmet on the tire that yeah. you were supposedly fixed? It was just very odd to them. So these are detectives doing their job, it yes. sounds like. Okay, it great. It sounds like. So when they examine the man, they they discover he doesn't have anything in his pockets except for two forms of ID. And so it seemed very clear that, you know, whatever happened... It was very apparent who this man was. You know what yeah. I mean? The only thing he had on him, no wallet, nothing, just his two ID cards in his pocket. Okay, maybe. I mean, hmm. Leonard carried his forms of ID.
0: His birth certificate and, and, and them. his ID,
1: right? But still, like the whole thing, it just, I think Detective Hernandez right off the bat was like, uh Yeah, this feels off. Some things are unusual. So looking at the ID, they discovered his name was was Kenneth McDavid. He was 50 years old at the time. It was also noted that Kenneth's, Kenneth's, why can't I say Kenneth?
0: Kenneth is not an easy word to say. Kenneth. We're going to call him Ken. They call him Ken anyway. Okay. Ken McDavid. Ken. You know, he almost has two first names, but when you add a Mick into it, it changes it the takes, whole dynamic. You're, you know what? You're right. Good call. So,
1: Ken, it was noted that his clothes were covered, the top of him was covered in grease. All of his clothing was like with this black greasy okay. material which indicated like oil? Yeah, like an oily substance. Likely from the bottom of a vehicle. I going to say, like, from the underside of a vehicle. Correct. Okay. Now, again, they're looking at this like, okay, you know, we've seen hit and runs before, and this isn't typical. And the detective, I watched a really great documentary on this case, um, American Greed. Have you heard of that yeah. series? Yeah. So, I mean, and this was tip very perfect for, for them to cover. But the detective talking about it, he said typically with a hit and run, you know, the person will either roll up out over the car and off to the side. Or if they're clipped by the car, they still go over to the side. You don't typically see them completely run over. No. And leave an oil skid mark, essentially. Uh, yes. yes. So red flags are popping. Yeah. If I didn't mention at the time that he gets this call, it was dark. So he, you know, he gets there and there wasn't a whole lot of things that, you know, he could see. They gather what they could, but he does go back the very next morning when it's daylight to see if there's anything else he can collect. See if there's eyewitnesses or somebody he can talk to. Another thing he does is look for any visible cameras in the area that he could possibly check out. Sure. He does discover there was a store just around the block that had a camera, and so he does view that. Now, it's discovered quickly that the view isn't great. Like, you can't see completely down the alley, but what you can see is cars going into the alley from the angle. Mm -hmm. And so, again, something very unusual that they see is a vehicle turning into the alleyway. They were able to make out that it was either a Ford Taurus or a big old Mercury Sable station wagon, like oh yeah, this, you know the big old
0: boat. You know the safe grandma cars. Yeah,
1: exactly. I had. That's what I was
0: thinking too, like the
1: the good old safety cars. I
0: had a Ford Taurus. We called it the Clitoris, of course, because uh, my dad bought it for me to go to college in. Yeah. So it was because it was big and safe. safe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also a big back seat. So you didn't really think that one through dad. <laughs> but, yeah, so
1: they were they were they could make out what it was. They couldn't see a license plate or anything because it was a yeah. grainy footage. But they sure. see the car pull into the alleyway. They see the car's brake lights come on as it's stopping. And then all of a sudden the vehicle lights turn off. So it goes dark for about five minutes. And then you see the lights on the vehicle turn back on and the car. Then drives off. Okay. So, right off the bat, they're like, okay, this is, you know, very unusual. We couldn't get a license plate or anything. And so, at this point... Red flags, like I said, yeah. but we don't have a lot to go by. We have two ID cards and we have a skid mark and
0: a skid this mark. Random car. Not in end. underwear, but right. <laughs>
1: but <laughs> on this poor man. Uh, right. Um, And so we see this vehicle doing something really shady the night before. So the detective decided he would start with checking the last known address of the the man where he was residing on the ID card. And so the address was 1843 Cherokee Lane. He decides he would go there, see what's up. He It's some kind of apartment um, complex, okay. on you know, listed. And so he does ch- talk to the manager who verifies that Ken McDavid did live there. She remembered him. And she she was cooperative. She gave the information that she did know about him. And she informed the detective that this is so sad about Ken. So he used to play classic piano, and he worked as a disc jockey in his hometown of Sacramento. Aww. Well, he moved over to L.A. to try to make it as a screenplay writer. Oh, And apparently he couldn't make it, and he ended up being homeless because he was oh, struggling so much. Aww. And it just makes me sad because it sounds like he was a wonderful man. Right. He had talents and... You know, we, and and, up homeless. Yeah, we in our field Aww. know that this stuff happens. Yes, and definitely. I mean, no one's above it. Yeah. But when I read that, I was like, poor Kenny. He sounds like he really tried to make it and he just, things happened. Could and, have
0: been the next Kenny G. Yeah, so he on up. piano.
1: Right. Aww. So he ends up homeless. But the unusual thing that the manager shared with Detective Hernandez is that there was an older woman who had taken him off the streets And offered to start paying his bills and helping him out for many months. Really? Yeah. She appeared to be a very well-off woman. Um, And so I think detectives were questioning, like, why would someone do this? She's just a good Samaritan? Right. I mean, people do kind of That's hard to find. But taking a homeless man completely in, even to your house. As an
0: older woman.
1: Yeah. Especially. So... Eyebrows being raised mm-hmm. at this point, like okay, yeah, who is this woman? You know, yeah. So the detectives are able to identify that this woman is Helen Galay. What'd you call her, Helen- Helga? Hel- Helga. Actually, she's <laughs> Helen Galay. She it's could close. be Helga. That's probably why my brain kept yes, there, yeah, the G is there, kind of flows naturally. So the detective, no sooner that did he get Helen's name. And before they even had a chance to talk to her, she had come forward claiming to be Ken's fiance. Oh, really? So she comes forward to identify his body and requests that he be cremated. Along with this happening, it gets even more odd because a couple weeks later, a woman by the name of Olga Rudderschmidt... She comes forward to straight to the L.A. police station and requests a, a copy of the police report of that night. Okay. Now, Detective Hernandez noted that. So usually, when a family member comes in and they will request police reports of yeah. you know if they lost a loved one, they are grieving. They're yeah. mourning. Sometimes they want this explained to him to them like what does this mean tell me yeah tell me all of this language They're emotional mm-hmm. very emotional they cry and it was it was definitely noted Olga was very unemotional and she was described as staunch as, in her as her name yes, and her mugshot yes <laughs> she was described as very cold and businesslike she wanted the report she did not ask any questions she was not friendly she, she just wanted it like and an left ogre.
0: Not to insult ogres, but she looks like an ogre. I
1: could see her perching on top of a building, yeah, over the city, of, like, like a
0: gargoyle. Yes, no <laughs> doubt. Like yeah,
1: perching and coming up with like her evil plan to take over the world. Yeah, hands down. That's yeah, she's she definitely is not a kind woman.
0: Yeah. So um, you imagine her come in and be like, "I'm Olga. Yeah, I want this." Police Me report. want re- report, yes. <laughs> like, and that's all she says. Yeah,
1: <laughs> grabs it and leaves. I mean, it is described huh. as very cold interaction. Yeah. So now, again, this whole thing is just odd for police. They're like, this Definitely. is this doesn't feel right. All of these things are kind of happening sequentially. And Their
0: spidey senses are tingling. They
1: are like, what's going on here? I'm going to get on to how all of the additional red flags unfold, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about our Helga and Olga, <laughs> Helen and, duo. and Olga duo. And like I said, I didn't find a lot on them because it's just not out there. But what I did find these women, they, they weren't dirt balls like mooching. Out. I mean, they were well respected, successful women.
0: No shit. Yeah. Do you think they were just like, eh, end of life. Let's just finally do the damn thing. I don't How long can we
1: really go to prison for? I really truly do think that, and you'll see as this unfolds, greed hands down has a lot to do with it. They were living well. Helen, this is what I know about her. She was born in Texas in 1931, and she lived in a $1.5 million home. Jesus, Helen, if that's not enough for you, nothing ever will be. She did well for herself. She was a landlord, and she rented out three well-established properties to people. So Helen- She's a real estate overlord. Yeah. Helen is not hurting for money. She's not, you know, like I said, it's not like she was somebody that was sleazy or thought of lowly. Yeah, in a desperate situation. They were both described as, like, respectable
0: women. Hmm. From what I could gather. And if you see them That also surprises me to be honest with you, because I thought we were talking some real bottom feeders. They, Honestly, I did Their mugshots do them no justice. Their
1: mugshots I will say their mugshots are like way worse. And I don't want to flatter them because they're horrible people, but
0: their mugshots are horrible. They are. They're like the best worst mugshot that there is.
1: When you see, especially Helen, when you see other pictures of them, which I will make sure and post. You can tell they're living the fancy life.
0: Well, you can t- yeah, like, you can tell that Helen has a little bit of an uppity attitude. Mm-hmm. The bouffant, the furs, mm-hmm. the glasses like For she's sure. she's a
1: fancy bitch. Her skin
0: was taken care of. Yes. Now Olga, I thought we drudged right out from a swamp. So I'm surprised to hear that she did had a pretty decent life. To be honest I'm, with you, I'm not
1: gonna lie. I'll, Olga, I would actually respect had she not been a horrible, murderous human being. So she was born in Hungary in 1933. That explains the name. It does. Yes. She immigrated over to the United States in 1957. Like she was in Hungary through like World War II Mm. era. Mm -hmm. Um, And she moved over here and started a, a coffee shop in L.A. with her husband at the time.
0: Bless she, her heart yeah, then. She ended yeah. up
1: divorcing and she moved to Hollywood in the 1970s.
0: Anyone who owns a coffee shop, you're prepared to get up before the people need the coffee. I'm Heck impressed. Yes. And I
1: appreciate Me too. that Because yes. I need that in my life. Me too. But yeah, when you hear a story, it's like, okay, you made something of yourself. Right. You went through a lot. Why did you have to Why? go this route? Why? Olga. Olga? Why, Interesting. But like I said... I didn't find a whole lot in their backgrounds and, you know.
0: I don't know. I feel like for uh, it's hard when they're born so far from our current, the consumable information is just really not out there for people that are, are older, were mm-hmm. born, you know, prior to the 1980s, and, really.
1: You know, honestly, sometimes when they don't have that extensive criminal record, you don't see yeah. somebody dig into their history for as sure. much. And they don't. Yeah. They don't have that record And if no one into. wrote a biography about them or anything like that, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe there is one out there, but you know, Mama's low budget. So right, right. Mama works full time. I understand? So I did what I could, right? <laughs> but if anybody has any other info, send it our way. We'll update people. Okay, so that's a little background info on them. And like I said, other red flags start to emerge. It's almost sequentially that this start this stuff all just starts to unfold. Yeah, um, the toxicology report comes back on. Kenneth, and his body was found with very large doses of prescription medications, and one including the sleep aid of Ambien. Very high doses. So again, detectives are like, why was yeah. this man working on his bike at night out
0: Taking a bike ride, pumped on up on Ambien. a load of Ambien. Like, time to tuck myself into bed indefinitely, probably, with that amount of Ambien. <laughs> and I'm going to go work on my bike that doesn't need fixed. Right, it just didn't make sense. Oh, Helen and Olga, you didn't think things girls, through. Girls. Rookies. So
1: Hernandez, of course, he immediately has questions. You think? Took enough right? Ambien to put a horse to sleep, but... Gonna work on his bike. So this is when the spidey senses start to take over and they're starting to think, okay, maybe we have a murder on our hands because this is just... <laughs> I'd say. She, she's not adding up for us here. Way to go, does. Um, But the the downside is, even though he started to suspect, they didn't yeah, have what a did lot they of get? solid right. leads on anything Certainly. yet. Um, A couple months do pass with no additional groundbreaking leads after this until another... Big old red blinking flag pops up. When a company in New York receives a claim for an insurance policy on Kenneth Davis, the claim was for one a total of one million (laughs) dollars. Hold on. Can't hold
0: on. A homeless man has a one million dollar life insurance policy. Girl, you just wait for it. I'm gonna tell you all the stuff. Um Guess who the beneficiaries Oh were. my gosh. I just can't imagine. Can you guess who the beneficiaries Might were? have been a Hungarian woman and her bouffant friend. You don't miss a beat here. Oh, you shit. are correct.
1: Oh my God. So they were listed as the sole beneficiaries for this policy. The contract was written indicating that Kenneth was actually a businessman. Now, mind you, the the company in New York getting this policy, they, they did not know that Kenneth was homeless. Sure. So they're getting this policy and it indicates, or the contract indicating that he actually shared a business with Helen and Olga and they called it, I love this, it was called HKO and Associates which stood for as you could guess it wow, Helen, Helen Kenneth and, and Olga. Olga.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Really put a lot of thought into that. HKO. Yeah. Now, I didn't get the details on what they claimed this business
1: was, but they claimed that he made about $60,000 of annual income in the business, and so they put this they took this policy out in the event something happened to him because it would impact their business substantially. Yes, because he yes. was such a you know significant, sixty thousand dollars substantially. Right, he was a significant you know c- contributor to their business. Yes, so this was the story. Now, Ed Webster, who was assigned to investigate this, you know, with the insurance policy popping up, obviously this was not like settling well with him. It, it just again seemed unusual. Yeah. Um. So he decides that he's going to. Do a deep dive and Let's investigate. Yeah. He's like, okay, this is weird because Helen, um, as he's digging in, he discovers that Helen was claiming to be Kenneth's fiance and Olga was claiming to be his cousin. So, Helen, the 78 year old. Right. right. Okay. So, and then there's this business claim with it, and it's, yeah. it's just not all adding up. You know it doesn't make any sense. Right. So Ed decides he's going to fly out to L.A. and he's going to do
0: some investigative work. Do
1: a little teamwork.
0: Yeah.
1: When he gets to L.A., he does look at the medical examiner's report. This was when he discovered that Kenneth was actually identified as a homeless person. <laughs> right. So he's like, okay.
0: Hold on, hold yeah. on. Now before I before we questions. cut any more che- any checks here, <laughs> right? Hold be. the check. Yeah. Um. The address
1: that was listed for his home address. Now, he had a couple of forms of identification because they were able to track that, you know, where he was previously living. But his address on the policy, I believe, was at, it was Helen's address. Sure. So he. Well, they were engaged. They
0: were, yes, they were. She's ready for love at 78. Business partners and, and some lovers. Some people are. Yeah. Yeah. How um, old was he, did you say? He was 50. That, okay, I thought you did tell him.
1: Not <laughs> that it is impossible, but... but my God. It's a stretch. Little cougar. Oh. <laughs> so um Ed decides he is going to, at this point, he's got questions for Helen. I'm going to say. So he tries to go talk to her. And he actually, he tries to talk to both of them, and they were not having it. You they don't say. and there is some footage out there as this all unfolds as they're trying to talk to Helen and Olga and these two are such bitches like they're so <laughs> rude, so rude and so they they're slamming doors in a space refusing to talk like I'm not answering questions no nothing right which it, I wouldn't either <laughs> it did right it did tip them off even more because they were so horrible like okay right. why are you so right. resistant like, to even ask answering basic questions you're
0: hardly a human at yes. this point in time
1: so he decides okay i'm, I'm contacting the lapd we've got a you know this is really suspicious that they're being so awful to me yeah you know? so they start to work with detective hernandez ed uh, does and they're you know they're killing it with the teamwork.
0: <laughs> I like to see it. We I like, like to too. see it. Not the type of teamwork that Helen and Olga were going at. No. But no. The detective teamwork is great. But at this point, this is when...
1: Ed gets to see the grainy footage of the alleyway, yeah, and then he shares with Detective Hernandez, like, "This is what I have. Um, this insurance policy popped up, and they're piecing all this all together. Yeah.
0: Now we've got a motive, we've got means. Yeah, there's opportunity here. We have all the things. So, and this is like my this is my
1: favorite part of the case. This is where things get even more dirty.
0: Uh-huh. Um, oh,
1: okay. So as these Detectives are, like, piecing things together and putting this all, you know, making the story of how shady it is. There's another detective that literally just happens to, like, hear this all unfolding or be in a part of the conversation some way. And so this is a a detective, Lee Wilson. And he's like, wait a second, so you're telling me, you know, they they play out the scenario. There was this homeless man and in the insurance policy. And he's like, this sounds really familiar. I actually had a case like this back in 1999 involving a homeless man and an, a hefty life insurance policy taken out on him. It was a hit and run. It was a cold case at that point. They hadn't really gotten anywhere with it. He's like.
0: I kind of oh, I want to check this out. because This sounds so familiar. Yeah, and this was only six, seven years right later. Right, uh-huh. right. So
1: he does that. He pulls that cold case up, and he you know looks into the names that of the people that were questioned. Uh-oh. Guess who? Guess whose names were on that policy? Oh no!
0: Oh no! Dirty guess, swamp you ass guess. Yes.
1: and Bouffant.
0: <laughs> oh
1: yes. So there was a victim by the name of Paul Vados and he was found dead in an alleyway and it was an apparent hit and run and two older ladies had come forward to claim to be his next of kid. And like I said, Lee Wilson was curious and he checks the names and he finds Helen and Helen and Olga on that life insurance policy for this man. Oh man. And they just they got around him. They got the best, of you Lee Lee Wilson. So of course at this point they start comparing these the stories between nineteen ninety nine and two thousand five and it's the exact same scenario. Like the timings are the exact same. Like this is definitely their system. In nineteen ninety nine, Helen had come forward as Paul Vato's fiance. Uh-huh. Just as she did with Kenneth, a few weeks later, Olga shows up asking for the police report. It was also noted then that she didn't have a m- much emotion <laughs> toward the death. Wow. So either one it was, of them didn't. They
0: thought it was weird back then. Like, huh? dang,
1: they don't care much about their loved one.
0: Wow. So, like, all
1: of this was very, I mean, it was identical to the 1989 yeah. case. Um. This but, is their ship, their stip. This is what they do. And the cool part about this Is that the detectives, when they were talking on the documentary, they indicated that the odds of this happening, like them figuring both of these out, how they did, it was like a one in a million because had Lee Wilson not been present... Yeah, he. They probably wouldn't have made the connection, right? Because that case had gone cold, so it was just like sitting. You know, nobody was actively working well, on the. I think now they have computer systems for that sort of thing, but back then, and yeah. yeah. So and maybe it would have popped up eventually, yeah. but they wouldn't have pieced it together as quickly huh. yeah. as they were able to because, like, they they unfolded all of this before they honed in on the stale. Wow. So they were
0: like, they had so much information. So they were ready to hit them with all kinds of shit, really. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I kicked the table. You know, maybe
1: that case would have popped up as they started looking into them. I'm not sure how it works. Yeah. But they were like already getting all of this, like beefing it up Mm -hmm. pretty quickly. (gasps) Beefing it it up. It was getting beefy. Yeah. So the investigators start working on a theory as to what, you know, why are they doing this? And, well, despite the greed and the greed. And how are they doing this? Um, The theory they came up with is that Helen and Olga, they were searching for victims either on Skid Row, treatment centers, homeless areas. Vulnerable. Very vulnerable people. They
0: think no one's going to
1: miss. Yes. So they start thinking about like, okay. This is what we think they're doing. These men were homeless. Yeah. So, what, like, where can we look? Places that we're going to find these vulnerable populations. Mm-hmm. Well, they do end up in their search finding the Hollywood Presbyterian Church. And once you know it, when they start investigating, they do find that our old broads <laughs> are actively volunteering at this church, oh. working with the homeless. People, how kind of them! So gracious of them, serving the Lord. Now, the church had a homeless shelter as well, so there there was a population of homeless people that kind of hung out in that area, Mm -hmm. and they uh, obviously offered shelter. So they could have the shelter. Sure, they did discover as they're digging into this that Kenneth McDavid and Paul Vatos were both at this shelter. So
0: they're like, "All right, oh man, all right." We're, we have even
1: more connecting the dots here. We're getting somewhere here. The pastor of the church remembered them very well, the two ladies.
0: Um, um, Olga's face you do not forget. Yeah, you're not going to forget no. that no. dark soul. That's right, and forehead. And
1: she was actually, she is the the one that is like the mean, like they're both vicious, but she is she, horrible. So she looks as mean as she is. She does.
0: Okay. Yes. Um, or but, should I say she is as mean as she looks? That's really what I should have said. Sorry. I said that backwards. Yeah. She yes. is as mean as she looks. You are right.
1: Yeah. Yes. Sometimes you can't hide it when you're that horrible, horrible of a person. I, you start to like
0: look correct. Horrible. But yeah. Yeah. And I think it, she was one of them. Her insides were coming out and it was not pretty. That's sure. my favorite quote of this whole episode. Her insides like coming that. out. I yep, like yep. that a lot.
1: So anyway, the pastor was like, I remember them and they were both, I had a good first impression of them. They seemed very motivated to help and, you know, they seemed to be very interested in, you know, working with the homeless men and helping meet their needs. And so the pastor, I mean, they looked like two older ladies that were just retired and right. wanting to help, which I don't fault him for that because they, they do. They
0: absolutely
1: do. You know? Yeah.
0: I get it. I mean, with the exception of Olga's her emotions, right, prolapsing through her skin, for sure. Her, Other than that, her sweet inner soul, ladies. right, her sweet inner ladies. soul just prolapsing out through her pores. I will tell but. you,
1: Helen. And I saw some video footage of this. Helen was very good at the deception, of. Oh. Little old me. I can see it. How oh, could yeah. anybody do this to a poor old lady? You know yes, very, Shuri, very deceptive. So I could see her playing that role pretty well. Yeah.
0: I yeah, for sure. Whereas I just feel like Where she's like, This is my quiet Olga is a best ca- friend. Yes. She doesn't talk much. Olga's not capable of probably she probably not she as She talks much. like a caveman and is like, I know did it. Like I just <laughs> cannot picture her. Yes. Yep. And just telling people repeatedly to fuck off and to, you know, eat shit and, and die. And she like, does
1: essentially become the weak link in this, and I will, I'll share that with you very shortly.
0: Olga does? She does. Really? Yes. I would think she'd have the tough exterior. She does, but she's
1: also kind of the loose cannon oh, of, sure. the, of the two. Okay. So as the detectives start to dig into this even more and looking at their history of volunteering with... Primarily the homeless men, like I said, they really they took interest in helping homeless men obtain housing and and shelter. And so what they would do is they would reach out to them individually, offer to help them with the things that they needed the most. We'll put you in housing. We'll feed you. We'll pay your bills. We'll get you. We'll help you get on your feet.
0: Amber, if you can't trust two old broads, I mean who can we trust? Not really. This
1: is the part where I started to get mad because this is scary. You think about and these men, I mean, they they weren't homeless their whole lives. Like like no. I said, Kenneth had it sounds like he was a good man and yeah. life happened and so they promised like they come across as these two sweet old ladies
0: that are just gonna help.
1: And they just wanna help. And these men were probably like, Oh my gosh, this is so great for me. Right. Like I feel so fortunate. Yes, yeah. and so what they discover is that this was very strategically planned out by the two of them. This process took them, to, like, two full years to execute. So they're execute. Then in it for the long con. They do.
0: They take this person in. They Well, b- I wonder if they also do have to figure out, too, if, like— Is he likely to rape me? I mean, they are vulnerable, Mm -hmm. you know, as women. So I wonder how long the vetting process of like their temperaments and things like that would take as well. Absolutely, and so it really was
1: a process of number number one, they had to take the person in and essentially take total control over their. You know, I'm paying for you; you're dependent on me. Yes, and they also needed to scope out the situation with families. Like, does this person talk to their family? Have any attachments? Yep. Very Dorothea Puente. I was just going to say that. And they, they do, like, reference her. Did they? Yeah. In, in this, because it has some undertones of, like, I'm, I'm going to make sure that you don't have connections with your family, that you're transient or you're, you mm-hmm. know, you're not talking to a lot of people that would notice you're gone. Yeah. If and you don't know who
0: we're talking about, see episode three. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a doozy. hmm But, so, yeah, they would... They knew who to to scope out and groom, and they would. This was a two year process of having them fill out the the paperwork, wow. talk them into the insurance policy, signing all these things. Sure,
0: gaining their trust so that they were willing to do all those things. Yes. Definitely. And this is a like I said, I
1: was just like getting fired up. Like, oh, uh, this is just evil. It's horrible it what is, they did. Think
0: about the things that I mean. We we gloss over it quickly to get through the episode, but think about the day to day, everyone. The fact that he's they are these men are waking up in their houses and they're good morning sweetie do you want some breakfast yeah they're sharing meals together they're sharing memories together and they're great they're probably memories. grateful like
1: th- these men are like oh my gosh this and is
0: helpful a- oh you need this I will help you with yeah. this the day to day life and the whole time their end game is to murder this person yes.
1: they have it planned out so detailed and I'm going to get into that um here in a minute. But, so there was actually a third victim in the works that happened to get away from them. Oh, wow. Um, Like I said, they're interviewing people from the shelters and they're really digging in. now that they know that that Helen and Olga have volunteered, they're spending some time, you know, with this piece. So there was a man by the name of Jimmy Cummington who was also homeless. And he recalls, like, he was walking, he was in that area as well and he was just, walking down the street one day and he was approached by Olga who asked him flat out. I know poor man (laughs) (laughs) trauma in and of itself, but she asked him like, Hey, are you, are you homeless? And she told him he was, she was a strong advocate for homeless people and she could help him. She could connect him. That's what she does is I'll help you get housing and all of the, you know, all of the good stuff. Yeah and he recalls that she had quite a bit of paperwork that he had to to fill out right off the bat and it was all like super personal stuff about his mother's information and you know family mm. history and all this stuff and he told her like i don't have a lot of this and he remembers her flipping out on him like when he said he couldn't provide a lot of the information She, like, starts banging her fist on the desk and, like, loses her shit. Uh Uh-oh, Olga. Right? So he remembers thinking, like, okay, this is scary. Yeah. You know, maybe she's just having an off day. This
0: is weird for a volunteer at a homeless shelter. Right,
1: who just wants to help.
0: Yeah. So
1: he stays for a little bit longer, but then not long after that happens, he remembers hearing, he overhears Helen and Olga in a screaming match, like, right outside
0: his door, like, his room door or
1: whatever. Trouble
0: in paradise,
1: ladies? Must be. A business argument. And mm. so he decides, like, okay, I'm out of here. I don't know what's going on, but this is, this is not working for me. And they obviously try to get him to stay, but he doesn't. And he leaves, but he later finds out that they, they had a... Uh, eight hundred thousand dollar policy on him Holy in the works, shit. and they were trying to get that going. So he was definitely going to be their next, yeah, victim, and he happened to sure. get out of there. You
0: know, being in business with you, we still have not had a dramatic drama fit. Yeah, we, we, we had no fights. We're we, so boring. We haven't Our tried friendship.
1: to to groom and kidnap anyone though. Oh, so
0: that could bring that, out. Yep, that might. Be the difference. Yep. Okay, okay, that could bring out some ugliness. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. If you're not doing it my way, I'm not doing it your way. Right. How do you like to kidnap people? Exactly. <laughs> maybe it's different than how I like to. I don't know. Exactly.
1: Wow. Eight hundred thousand. So if it ever comes to that for us,
0: I mean, maybe we'll
1: have an argument. then. Yeah. But...
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't see it happening any other for way. For anybody that doesn't
1: get our sarcasm. Oh we yeah, joke. <laughs> Completely.
0: <laughs> First of all, if you've seen the size of me, I'm kidnapping no one. At
1: all, I would be doing the legwork, right, w- for sure. I would get frustrated. <laughs> yes, like yes. I always have I'm, to be the. Why cake. am I doing?
0: <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> the Behind all this muscle, there are feelings. Yes, it's hard for me to remember that sometimes. I'm so sorry. You're right. <laughs> oh, Dad, see. you're always doing the heavy lifting. We'll just we'll we'll stick to podcasting. <laughs> yep, good idea.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> So after they find this third person and they they've clearly found what you know what these these two old old birds are doing yeah they decide it's time to hone in on on these two very very highly let's move before they murder someone else yes and I, funny you mention that I will get to that in just a second um they begin looking into their backgrounds and they said I mean it was it was a kind of unique situation because typically when you see People out there living the life of crime—they have a history. Absolutely. Of, they, you know, one of the de- detectives said, "You put a name in, you pull up pages, rap sheet, yeah. yeah,
0: and nothing. They have no, no history. So like they're you, either, be, either been cunning old broads their whole life, or they just suddenly turned. And it does make you wonder what else they
1: did, and just didn't get For caught because sure. they were live I mean, they were thought of as what pretty well off." I just can't imagine
0: that they're con that they have been squeaky clean their whole life. You
1: know, that's a good point because they're so manipulative and deceptive. Yeah.
0: You can't And think of the time. Yes. Born in the thirties. And if and you you've got World here, War Two. Like there's all kinds of opportunity to go under the radar. You're right. For especially as a woman who was treated like you have no brain. You're just here to pop out the babies cook and clean. Mhm.
1: And if you appear to be well off and you look respectable, no one's one's going to suspect you. So I I think you're right. I would be curious to see what else they have Mm -hmm.
0: under their their skirts there. Um, I'm not certain at 78 I want to see what's under her skirts. (laughs) Good point. Good point. Like an Arby's sandwich up in that shit. But anyway, moving on. No disrespect to the vagina. It's just gravity, man. They get a free pass cuz they're murderers.
1: That's exactly it. After they look into the backgrounds, they begin 24-hour surveillance on, on the two of them. sorry if
0: anyone was listening to that while eating Arby's on their lunch break, they I might just be I just realized might people might listen to us on their lunch break. But down the roast beef. Maybe we should put a disclaimer in like do not, do eat, not Arby's eat Arby's
1: while you're listening yeah. to this. Oh shit. Um So, anyway, they they begin 24-hour surveillance on the two women. Okay. So, they are watching. I would love to spy on people. I would just love it. I think it would be so much fun. Are
0: you a secret little voyeur? Maybe.
1: (laughs) Maybe. I just think it would be so adventurous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Titillating. It would. I I should have been, like, a detective. I think Mm -hmm. I would have been a good one. Yeah. Well, I'm a little clumsy, but...
0: It's true. You would have been a loud detective, as long as you didn't have to be stealthy. Yeah, you'd
1: be uh, fine. You're you're so right. No fast movements. Right. Um, I I'm a heavy breather, so nothing like where I have to be quiet in the same room with someone. Yeah, nothing yeah. Like we
0: that. didn't say you had to be a top secret service agent. You just no. wanted to investigate. But stuff. yeah, I could That's investigate fine. where you're allowed to walk at a normal pace yes. and stomp Breathe as much as, as heavy you want. as I want. Right.
1: <laughs> so what they discover as they're watching Helen. She drives a Mercedes.
0: She lives
1: just a few blocks from the ocean in upscale Santa Monica. She is a creature of habit. She eats at the same places and she has a bad reputation as a crappy tipper.
0: She doesn't tip well. Really? Yes. Stingy old bird. Right. And she's already well off. Right. Oh, that pisses. That makes me not like her even more. I know.
1: She's. Very snooty. Gosh,
0: you're the worst,
1: bouffant. What they discover about Olga is she doesn't sleep at night because she's perching. No, I'm just kidding. Is it because she's a vampire? Buildings? No. They
0: actually find that she's quite athletic. She takes long walks. Oh, um, now that I can see because you know who she reminds me of is Mrs. Trunchbull. Oh. And I bet she can throw a mean shot put. <laughs> She's bench pressing. I am telling all you, night. Yeah. yeah, she is absolutely a track coach's dream for the field events. Yeah, she stayed pretty active,
1: and she walked through Hollywood Hills a lot. And really? what they the just I think, reminiscing? I, I don't taking know, taking in the scene. Maybe she just. I mean, she was seventy-five, so maybe staying fit for for her age
0: for her murdering for she's, so she can continue to bodies. enjoy
1: right gosh i didn't even think of that you're right and
0: somebody had to take that man out of the car and lay him in the she was the alley she was the the body of the operation she's the beefcake cuz she was,
1: she's a tall woman oh yes she so. is she is not svelte i didn't even think about that can tell you that now so what the the thing that they surprisingly enough discover is that these two don't even spend any time together. Like... Stop it. No, yeah. They're not having dinners together. They're not getting together. Like, they never... Helen and Olga never talk. Oh, that's weird. Ever. Also not how we could go down. Right. And so it's honestly wow. what they... they unfold through all of this is they didn't even really like each other that much they had a business partnership and they both had shitty morals yes that's i think all that's what it drew is. them together i don't really know how they originally met
0: eh, evil
1: finds evil but yeah they as they're watching these two it's like they don't even talk they're not like hey girl come over for dinner yeah. nothing nothing like that let's have some chardonnay yeah. and no talk about our Let, next plan right listen to some jazz it was business only. Is what they were. What they discovered. No wonder why they fought. They didn't bond enough. Exactly. They they weren't actually friends. Huh. So investigators they also met up with Ken McDavid's the family that they could find that still remained okay. and. They asked about Did he have a fiance? You know, what (laughs) was she in fact 78 years (laughs) old? And the family was very surprised to hear about this. They'd had no idea. Right. I question how much contact they had with him being homeless anyway. Yeah, clearly not real close. Right. And they obviously weren't familiar with cousin Olga either. So now this is my understanding as they're digging into the insurance piece. I know originally we talked about the, the, policy being for one million dollars, but they discover as they're digging in for both of these men, because now they have Paul Vados, right. that they had policies taken out for both of these men in total of over five million dollars. Holy so crud originally it's like that that one popped up yeah. in New York. But digging in, there was like multiple policies for each one.
0: And did they get these people to sign thinking they were signing something else? I think they did. Because it has to be a red flag to someone that, oh, let's take out these multiple yes. policies. I
1: also think they would throw so much paperwork at these men yeah. that they probably didn't fully know everything they They, they did were not read
0: it. Always read your documents. Because I think
1: my understanding of part, part of the routine was they had to sign a lot of paperwork To work with them, like oh, we're going to help you with the housing. Yes, here's uh, a release. Here's this. So you got to sign all of this right off the bat. So that social
0: workers we've we've been guilty of shoving paper in people's faces. It's a legit thing you have
1: to do. So I'm sure they knew enough about what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Like oh, here's fifty things you got to sign for community service together. Yes, yep. And I think that that was Olga's part of like she would be the the one to get that started. Wow. And so I think that's how they maybe did it or just the manipulation yeah, of either they didn't know fully what they were signing or they put a twist on it. Like, well, we have to have this policy on you yeah. to work with you or something, right? you know, Ugh, it makes me so mad.
0: I really think they didn't know what they were signing. I
1: agree. I don't either. Um, you know, they probably is probably a lot of even- language that.
0: They could have even just just as easily, like, I don't know, forged their signature or something like that, mm-hmm. too. Oh. You know what
1: I mean? I mean, Oh, funny you mention that. You're always one step ahead. Oh. We'll get to that. Okay. Um, so, at this point, they do bring in homicide detective Rosemary Sanchez because they're pretty confident they have some, you know, the murderers yeah, on their hands. Yeah, definitely. So, they bring Rosemary in to start trying to actually question Helen and Olga, there's they're wanting to talk to them. Not a
0: job I would want, by the <laughs> no, way. Oh,
1: no. Um, they have no luck with Helen because she's literally surrounded by a fortress, yeah, of fenced, like her house is fenced in. Yeah, she shaded. lives in a $1.5 million home, right? And she is not answering that door, uh-uh. so they cannot get to her at all. Now, they do they are able to get Olga to talk to them, she's home and asks who's at the door, and um, one of the detectives there said it was about the insurance policy, and she immediately like, oh, I'm
0: right. busy. Sorry, suddenly, can't I help can't you. talk. I only speak Hungarian. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> right?
1: She was like, oh, I'm drawing a bath. I can't, I'm busy. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, no, we'll wait for you. Take your time. And she's like, no. I'm also
0: exfoliating. It's going <laughs> to yes. take a bit. It,
1: that's kind of, it sounds like that's how it played out. Yeah. Of like, no, I'm really busy. Right. I can't talk to you like at all. Uh. No luck there. So what they try next is they they're gonna set up meetings with the two ladies about the checks. Like, okay, we're gonna issue your check. We need to meet with you.
0: I see. So draw them in. They do, okay. and they they
1: do draw Helen in this way. She does agree to meet with them. Um, one of the detectives is wired with an audio, a ca- hidden camera. Mm-hmm. So. You do get to see this play out and she's so oh my god, she is something. But she is so rude when she gets to that meeting. I'm not answering any questions. I'm here to sign for my check. Where's my check? Yes. Like I'm not talking to you about anything. Give me the pen. And so when they sit down at this meeting, they inform her we are actually giving you a refund for the premiums because this policy is getting uh, canceled. Denied. Yeah. And she flips out like throws the papers and she's like I can't believe what an inconvenience this is and you know just like
0: oh my god over it up.
1: Uh-huh. So dramatic and she's got her like fancy clothes on and
0: wow. I'm picturing her in furs and jewels. I'm, I'm sure is.
1: she wasn't but like no it's pre- that's like, pretty accurate.
0: This is like Cruella DeVille it
1: is throwing and a hissy fit. She that's who she reminds me of. She is just like, This has caused me so much stress and like she does I she might have a furon. And if not, she's got she's got it all fancied oh, up God. though. Um now they try to do this with with Hel- uh I'm sorry, with Olga too. And she agrees to meet but she doesn't show up to the meeting. I
0: picture Olga in like weight training spandex <laughs> pants <laughs> and a tank top with a sports bra. She's got Sweat a barbell in her room, right. her living room. Just She's like. wearing those weighted anklets and wrist sure. things. It's like I'm here for, for my sure. check. For you know? sure. Um, but,
1: so she doesn't show to the meeting. And so they do decide like, okay, we'll try to go show up at her house. Yeah. She will not answer the door and she will not talk to anyone. And she tells them if they don't leave, she's going to throw hot water on them. Oh, I'm going to
0: boil you. <laughs> yeah, cool. Like she is so vicious. Wow. She's so rude. Um, I'm going to throw hot water on you.
1: So they're, they they did not get very far with this. I mean... You know, they, they tried to get them to talk. They're not getting anywhere. So what detectives just decide to do is, okay, if we can't get them to talk, we can start building an insurance fraud case because yeah, we're definitely. confident yeah. that. So they figure if they could do this using the fact that, like, every one of those premiums that went out – it was fraud. Yeah. And they used the federal mail system. Right. Which you can get slammed for that. Yeah. They don't play around with the mail.
0: They do not. You don't. leave the mail system yes. alone.
1: You can do a lot of things yeah, and get minimal time, but you do not mess with that mail not system. Mail. So that's what you they go for. You leave your mailman alone. Yes. They're like, we can build a very strong case against them then and, ta- and arrest them for this, you know, and take yeah. them in. Yeah. Because we are confident that they, you know doing this. They do discover that Helen was wiring money from her own account to the accounts of the men and then paying those insurance premiums. So it looked like the men were paying them. Right. So the, one of the detectives says, as far as building a fraud case, like this made his job so easy because it was so, so easy to piece this <laughs> Wonderful together. little
0: paper trail that she
1: left yes. for them. And so they are able to build a really solid case in this way. Now, the, the shocking part of this, and you called it, while this is happening, they're still sur- under surveillance. They're still watching these two women. And they find Olga regularly meeting with a homeless man. They're grooming another victim. Oh, my God. As this is like... As they know they're under suspicion. Yes. And so wow. the, the det- they they watch her meet with a man to sign paperwork, to go open bank accounts. Like, they are watching this play out. And one of the detectives said like this that's the line we can't yeah. watch
0: them continue run to let that right
1: yeah yeah so they're like okay we have to do we have
0: like this is it we can't also, keep watching them and with that mentality you can't tell me that they didn't have more victims i believe i agree if with that if they're you. willing to continue on when they know that the heat's coming down on them they no, no yeah, this, this was wasn't like, their first time yeah it just amazes me because they the police were on them. They were yeah. trying to
1: talk to them. Clearly. And they're still doing this. Yeah. So, that, like I said, they were like, that's it. We can't let this go any further. We can't watch them do this right before our eyes. So, they decide it's time. Mm-hmm. They have enough of a case with the insurance fraud. That's what they go for to arrest them. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, it was quite a sight. On the 18th sure. of 2006, 70 agents from the FBI set out to arrest Helen. Holy shit. They probably
0: heard about Olga. So Right. Like, so, Get all 95 of them. went to Olga's house, <laughs> get, just 70 for them.
1: Helen. We need your strongest men, all of them, absolutely. So, it, and they made quite a scene-quite
0: a scene. Wow, of, like is I this said, like on Christmas vacation where the FBI comes bust or the SWAT team, excuse me, comes busting through the windows and everything. Because that's what I'm picturing. honestly, this is what I picture as
1: well. It's just like this big ordeal. There's footage of Helen, like I said, playing this like, who would do this to me? Like, oh gosh, mail, mail
0: fraud. <gasps> what you know, right? Really and of course, good. inside she's like, awesome, mail fraud, not murder. Cool.
1: <laughs> You're right. She's probably like, oh, thank God.
0: Right, right.
1: Thank God.
0: <laughs> the most you've got me on is the federal postal system. Cool. But seeing her play that card,
1: when you see what she's like off of camera, when she didn't know she was on camera, just being this complete snooty bitch. Yes. It's like, oh my God, shut up. I bet. So when they take these two into custody, they start interrogating them. And at one point they had both of them together, like initially asking them questions. And it's so funny because, so they, they take a break in the interrogation and the detectives leave the room. Well, Olga doesn't realize that the video's still rolling.
0: Oh, give me a break.
1: Come on, Olga. So So she's not
0: the brains of the operation.
1: No, she just starts flowing at the mouth. No. And she's yelling at Helen, why did you have to take out so many policies? You got greedy. We had a good operation here. Oh, my God. Like, just flowing. And Oh,
0: Olga. She
1: she never, like, admits to the murders. Yeah. But she all but does. You know what I mean? Helen, I think, catches on at a certain point because she's trying to... Like, you'll hear her say stuff like, Well, Kenneth wanted us to take these policies Mm -hmm. out, and now we're being punished for doing what he wanted. And I see. So I think she's catching on, like, Shut Shut the fuck up. Right, (laughs) Right, for sure. And Olga just keeps going. She just keeps going. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm sure the detectives were back there, like, eating popcorn. I was, yeah,
0: I was just going to say, They're snacking. Keep going, girls. Right.
1: Yep. Keep going. Um, This becomes a very key piece in their the I case would say. as well. <laughs> and it was just so easy for them. So, or, you know, for the detectives for the, of to Of course. Get this. Like,
0: I can't believe I'm getting paid to sit here and watch this. And like I said, <gasps> Olga
1: really is, she becomes the weekly link in this, yeah. and she does start blaming Helen for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's entertaining because the, vid- the footage is out there. And, yeah, she's <laughs> just, just flowing at the mouth, not even, I don't know if she didn't care at the, that point. Right. Or She knew what. the jig was up. So they do start to look into things further. Um, At this point, they're able to search the homes. Of course, they find a plethora of things at the homes of these two ladies. Uh, They do discover that a check was written by Olga to a rubber stamp company. Now, they do go investigate this. They talk to the owner of the company, like, what, what did she buy, you know? These women being old school paper trails, so many paper trails, uh-huh. checks, you know, all right. of that stuff. My grandma's that way. Yeah. Balance everything, document everything. So they really did hand serve themselves right. in this. Right,
0: That's awesome.
1: So when they, they talked to the stamp company, they discovered that Olga had purchased replica signatures of Kenneth. She actually had quite a few of them. She had Kenneth Paul. She even had Helen's and her husband's. So I don't know what Olga was doing. Olga's got herself a man's? Uh, she At one had, point in she time? She did. Okay. Um, but I don't know if she was still using his signature for things because they got divorced. Like, oh. So no I don't
0: shit. know if she had She's a She's probably new still one? frauding things in his name, taking out loans. Be. She's got his social security number if they were married.
1: Now, it is possible that she was remarried. But like I said, I just didn't find a lot of info on right. them. So Dang, I'm not sure. that's a
0: lot of stamps.
1: Now, when they talk to the manager of this company, they're like, you know, do you know who who she is? And they tell you know her name and he says, oh, yeah, that's the Black Widow. And so that's when some of the because she's so like mean. Right. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Called, when you look at her. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of how the name came I about. OK. Because
0: they were calling it's Olga not, the Black it's Widow because she was killing husbands. It was just because she looked scary like she, she could kill someone. Literally take,
1: yeah. She could just take your life.
0: Right. With, with her one bite. bite. Okay. <laughs> yes.
1: All right. So that was that was an interesting part of kind of how the name came about. Another thing that they found that really just kind of like sealed the deal is Olga had a scratch pad at her house that she used. She They would literally calculate like how many premiums they would have to pay over the two years to get to... That goal of getting the policy. Oh. And they just said it was so disturbing because it's like they would, it was like they treated these men like they would house and feed them like animals planning their slaughter.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say that sounds a lot like a farmer. Yeah. I mean, really. This is how many times we have to pay. How how much feed is, how much I, yes. What weight do they need to be at before I can break even? Doesn't that make
1: you kind of sick thinking about it? Yeah.
0: And these women are almost 80 years old doing this. Right. It's just
1: unbelievable to me.
0: Um, Usually as you get older, you have more of an appreciation for life and the preciousness of it. It sounds like these no. two broads were just like, uh-uh, I'm done with humans. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and I don't know
1: if they got a taste of being well off and just wanted more and more. Yeah. Or how they? I'm curious how they met because I didn't find that information. I have or, a
0: feeling neither one of them had amazing parents.
1: Probably not. Hmm. They clearly lack empathy. Another thing they found in Helen's um, house, these women documented everything. They saved everything. First, they found a book basically like on being a sociopath not having feelings for others. So they're like, okay, creepy. Uh, Um, Oh,
0: she's like, oh, something relatable. I I like to relate to my reading. I don't know if she realized like, I am
1: heartless. Maybe I should read about it. I'm not sure, but they found this book. They're like, okay, this is weird, but fitting. And they also find her planner... With a post-it in it, and it has a partial tag and a partial VIN number in the the planner. So, they they feel like, okay, we've hit the jackpot. This has to be the car. Like, mm-hmm. this has to be the car that was in the alleyway. Like, please let it be the car because this will just, right. you know, seal the deal. They do discover it is a 1999 Silver Mercury Sable station wagon, just like they <laughs> saw in the video. All the
0: old station they, wagon. They
1: called it, and this is unbelievable um helen so she had actually called for road service that night after you know it's shortly after the car scene leaving the alley there is a call made for road service because she'd hit something and broken the fuel line she ran over a human being oh
0: my god
1: and so she calls because her car was it was broken down and she's requesting to have it towed oh She ended up abandoning the car, and so I don't know if somebody picked them up or what happened, but she ends up leaving the car so it gets towed to the city. So they're able to go find this car. Oh, Lord, it's impounded still, right? And they're able to get
0: all kinds it. of
1: information from underneath. <laughs> yes, so it was literally oh. after they found that VIN number, it was just like, Oh, they're so dumb. the rest of this came together because when they do. Search the car, they search underneath it, they see that that fuel line was damaged, they see the, you know, grease underneath mm-hmm. the car, they do a swap, and they they send it in for evidence to see if what they're hoping that they would find Ken's right. DNA. DNA. And one of the telephone calls kind of in between this, Helen was talking to her daughter from the, you know, the jail. hmm And Helen was saying she was confident they're not going to have enough evidence to to pin her on anything. Well, she was wrong. Yeah, Uh, I'd say. So as soon as that DNA evidence came back, they did confirm it belonged
0: to Kenneth McDavid. And, yeah. This tells me that, as we see as a pattern, they've done this before, and now they're getting a little bit sloppy, cocky, and arrogant with it. I agree
1: with you. I think that they, you know, they used... I think they used their intimidation because they were bitches. And so maybe if they did it enough, people would back off. Because it sounds like they started to look into the 1999 case and then it just never got anywhere. Right. So it's like, I I think you're right. They got too confident thinking
0: we're, no one's going to question us. They've gotten away with it before with this homeless bit. And they've never had anything to, to, uh, any reason to question them. Yeah. So they got sloppy. Not even thinking, like, go retrieve your car. You hit a human with that.
1: Right. Should probably have it in
0: your possession,
1: and I don't know if they're like with their old school ways. They just weren't up with the times of yeah how things. people can be tracked and yeah because they left them their their trail yeah, so perfectly yeah um it was really quite sloppy yeah yeah um they found prescription meds and powder form in Helen's medicine cabinet like
0: Ambien <laughs> yes I'm gonna guess it was Ambien.
1: Yeah. And So they pieced this all together. What they think happened is the night Kenneth died, they offered to take him out to dinner. Poor, poor Kenneth. My heart just breaks for him.
0: Mine too. Just go on to dinner. I know. Two grandmas. Yes.
1: Sweet old ladies. Yes. So when they took him to dinner, they suspect that the powdered Ambien was slipped into his drink to make him very sleepy and knock him out. Aww. And so at that point when he fell asleep... That's when they see the car roll into the alleyway and when it goes obviously shuts off, goes dark, that's when they're placing his body. Kate gets him out. Yeah. Does the brunt work, places his body, and then when they see the lights turn back on to move forward, that's when they're barreling over this man, running him over and killing him. And So, I, I mean, I I think with everything that they found after doing the home search, the surveillance, everything just pieced together perfectly, they were charged with two counts of murder and conspiracy to commit murder for financial gain. Yeah. Um. And detectives talked about, like, this was such a disruption to their fancy lives. Like, this turned their worlds upside down. They were yeah. used to living good lives. Right. And all of a sudden,
0: they didn't have that. I bet that. they did not like that. Peeing and pooping in front of people in a cell? Oh, yeah. Probably not okay with old Olga and Helga. I'm sure that they had a lot of complaints. I'm I'm sure the cots were not fluffy enough. No. No. And it was cold.
1: So on March 18th of 2008, this case goes to trial. Um, The prosecutor said this was the first time he'd ever convicted anyone this old. (laughs) Certainly. Yeah. So this was a, a new situation. There was an absolute mountain of evidence presented against these two. Uh, the goldmine being that recording in the yeah. interrogation room yeah. of Olga just going off oh, About all of the policies and just, like, giving them all of the information. Yeah. So that became, like, the, you know, the shining piece of evidence that they had. Um, And then also I think what it showed for the jury is – the, their evilness. Like yeah. they were not kind women. They were horrible and they were greedy.
0: And I think that. Listen, Amber, I can't even stand to be in a car when I accidentally run over a squirrel. Oh,
1: I know.
0: The sound, the feeling is horrific. Someone who can sit in a car and purposely run over another human being. Is heartless. I can't. I can and just be okay with it and yeah. drive away. I cannot. It's horrible. It really is. So I hope the jury thought about that. Like shit, man. When I run over a squirrel, I think it's detrimental. Oh, right, <laughs> right. They think about their to my, right the to squirrels. my soul and my psyche. But a human, I couldn't imagine. I know. So
1: the trial lasted about six weeks, and they were at the end both found guilty of first degree murder, Hallelujah. sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole.
0: Great. What is that? Two years. <sighs> I- right it's like they've lived their lives yeah which is maybe another reason why maybe they hadn't been criminals all this time and now the greed got the best of them and they're like whatever if i go to prison for life for life what difference does it make at this point you could be right um it does
1: it will come as no surprise they both tried to appeal their cases
0: oh wow amazing Yeah. yeah
1: they've both been denied and they are expected to spend the rest of their natural lives in prison now from what I could find, I tried, I looked everywhere. I think they're still alive. No shit. I do. I read the last, I found a 2021 saying that like Helen was now 90 and Olga's like, you know, 88 or something like yeah. that. And that was, I think it was 2020, 2021, somewhere in there. I think they're still alive. I cannot find any obituaries Good. or nothing. I hope
0: they are because I think their plan was like, ah, oh, life in prison, it won't be so bad. Right. Good. Live lived to 150. So they're still in a horrible, horrible prison. To
1: my knowledge, they're still in there. Um, uh, Helen wow. is in Chowchilla.
0: Oh, uh, no prison. kidding.
1: Yep. That i and they, Chowchilla. I did read that they had separated them when they went to yeah. prison, so they couldn't be together, which yeah. it might have been better because they hated each other. But that's true. They should have probably made them cellmates. <laughs> they really should have. I couldn't <laughs> find where Olga went in this, but... Um, Dorothea is actually, she went to Chowchilla as well. She went to Chowchilla, well.
0: yeah. That's so, where they
1: send the grannies. Yes, they're like, we don't know what to do with these evil old ladies. Right. So we'll send them to Chowchilla. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah,
0: I think we are. Chowchilla. So? Yeah. I've heard about other things.
1: Yeah. and So one One of my favorite quotes in the American Greed episode that I, one of the detectives said, I think I still could not really get my brain around the fact that these two geriatrics had <laughs> murdered these guys. <laughs>
0: And I'm sad. How I true? Sad, I didn't think to call him that myself. How true? He's two geriatrics. Yep. That's true. Yeah, and, and so, you know, this poor fifty-year-old man is probably up in heaven. Like that's how I go out, right? Like, two geriatrics on. take me out, really yeah oh, can I have God. a do over price right. Come on that wasn't long enough
1: actually and at the end of the documentary that I watched on this one of the detectives I really liked the documentary because the detectives got to talk about their own work in this yeah but he said honestly if greed hadn't got to them they may not have been able to piece so much of this together, but they took out so many insurance policies on these men, it just, I mean, it just popped the red flag. Exactly. Yeah,
0: but it made them look so guilty. So, yeah, that's the story of Helen and Olga. Thanks for
1: that. Wow. Crazy. Olga and Olga. It's, they're horrible women, and- like For I, sure. said, and I they're right where they belong. My earth was shattered knowing that there's evil senior
0: citizens out yes, there. Yes, there's, there's evil
1: senior citizens.
0: They don't deserve that discount, damn it. They do not. Not when you behave like that. Do you want me to cleanse you? I do. Okay. I'm ready. Hope this isn't your first episode, everyone, because now you're wondering what the hell we're doing <laughs> what in we're the studio. about, yeah. We're going to leave you on a good note.
1: So I found a couple little like mini... Funny stories okay. that I'm going to share. Some funny
0: crimes. Wash my brain with funny stories, please.
1: And this is actually, this is a good, this is Reader's Digest I article. love Reader's
0: Digest. Me too. I love to read them when I poop. It's so great. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good one to leave. It is. On the
1: back of the toilet. Um. So this first one is called Caught slash Caught. It says, police in a synonym... New York, were called to a mini-mart when they found Blake Leak, 23, trying to break in. They chased Leak through the streets until both cops took a tumble. Seizing the opportunity, Leak sought refuge on the grounds of a large building. The building was the Sing Sing Maximum Security Prison, where he was promptly nabbed by a guard. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Maybe be aware of your surroundings. I'll hide it here. This is a perfect (laughs) hiding spot. That one made me chuckle wow. when I read me- it. Okay. This one is called The Case of the Liquor Store Lothario. It's a Scottish shoplister.
0: Shoplister. Shoplister. <laughs> Scottish shop. So- <laughs> I can't talk. I'm not even going to edit this out. This is funny. I like it.
1: <laughs> I have problems with S's. I guess Clearly, guess so.
0: The shoplister.
1: Scottish
0: shoplister okay it is hard to say yeah the Scottish shoplifter we're gonna go with you thank you yeah I can't that's say it that's okay but I understand why so his name, say it five times fast people like Scottish
1: shoplifter I did it you did Yay. slowly but you got there um it is it's a tongue twister mm-hmm. anyway his name is Aaron Morrison he was picked up after pin pinching a bottle of vodka from a liquor store
0: okay I hope it was at least top shelf it I, I do too I mean it's if you're me gonna me. do, do it hell? go big For, thank you Please um, tell me it was not pop off. <laughs> <laughs> it says
1: it didn't take Sherlock Hol- it didn't take a Sherlock Holmes to find Morrison though. His name and phone number were left with the clerk after asking her out on a date.
0: Oh for Pete's sake. <laughs> Men and you know, these people, it just it's so funny. You know, if you're going to be a criminal, don't also be a horn dog. And yeah, exactly. Like think ahead before yes. you're going to steal something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thiefing on one night. Picking updates on the next.
1: It's very simple. So this is the last one. I will leave you with this. Okay. This one is called the Case of the Not So Devoted Dad. Bring your child to work day is a long honored tradition that allows children to see what goes on in the business world while also getting a chance to watch their parents ply their trade. One crook brought his young son along with him on a job which happened to be robbing a pet shop. Oh geez. He was caught soon after minus something important. His son. Oh. What a loser!
0: Oh my God! Robbed the pet shop. Which? What are you taking from a a sugar glider? What are you taking from a pet shop? Seriously, you leave your kid. I'm gonna grab this exotic turtle. I'm missing my kid. And how much
1: money could you realistically get from a pet shop? Honestly, that's true. Like,
0: you must have wanted. a like, see, and I wasn't thinking about the money. I was thinking about the exotic animals to sell in the black market. That, you know what? That would be more realistic. I'm gonna take I can't this tiger.
1: I'm yes. gonna ride it out of here. I can't see them having a ton of money, so no.
0: maybe it was the animals, not the pet shops. Like that I'm were taking the iguana. Right. I'm gonna sell it. Oh shit! Forgot it was take your son to work day. I love- Left him back at the office. <laughs> I love how you uh, said. Tiger. Like, I'm going to take (laughs) you. I hope. Like, there's a tiger in a bed (laughs) I love it. I love it. But so, those are your little stories. Well, thank you. I hope you liked. Yes, yes. Dumb criminal stories are always funny. They are. So good. Well, thank you guys for listening to us today. We hope you keep it curious and keep listening. Follow us on social media and send us your case suggestions on, on all the social outlets, messengers. We've got them all. We'll respond. Even if you just want to give us a quick shout out, we'll respond to that too. Yes. There's our Patreon, crimecurious at patreon.com. If you'd like more of us, we have different tiers, get you different levels of things. And we appreciate every one of our Patreons that have kept us on air thus far in our almost one year journey at this point in time. So, yeah, we're going to continue on Thursday with more nannies, grannies, I mean, (laughs) gone wild. (laughs) Yes, we will. All right. Until then, everybody, have a good week. Bye-bye.